Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It's the 13th day of December. It's a Monday. I'm praying that your week is up to up uh, and running and off to a good start. Uh, just believing that you, as one of the sons or daughters of God, are strategically positioned wherever he has you, at your job, in your school, wherever you find yourself, you are an emissary, a representative of the kingdom of God. And I want to give you encouragement today. I want to build you up. I want to believe God for grace, peace in your life, regardless of what circumstances might be around you. I've really been compelled lately to do that more and more for our podcast audience, particularly for some reason at the beginning of the week. There must be a listener out there who is in a situation in their life that maybe they just struggle every week to go to that job or to do that thing that you're, you're doing. I want to encourage you as you pick that burden up, whatever it might be, that he picks it up with you and that you realize that you begin to realize it's not something that you just get all, all at once, but you begin to realize the power of your identity and what it means to be who you are, where you are, and the fact that Christ is doing this in you and through you. Today, we make the turn into Genesis 16. We've dealt with Abraham's covenantal moment where he watches God with the burning furnace and the smoking fire, the smoking furnace and the, the bright shining light, this uh, burning torch pass between the pieces and God cuts covenant. And when he comes back down the mountain, so to speak, and both meta, literally and metaphorically, literally comes back into the real world and metaphorically he comes back off the high. We all have to come off the high, that encounter that we have, some sort of revelation that we have. When I was in a kid in church, we had a lot of revivals or camp meetings, and we would use these as almost emotional high watermarks of the year, that where we had these real high moments of emotion, and, and we equated that with a move of God. And I don't doubt that there were many, many various ways that God moved in those days, but we didn't really know how to spot the move outside of a certain emotion or a certain song, or I hope you know what I mean. Uh, and I remember there was always the coming down, like the revival was over, the camp meeting was over, and you kind of went back to the quote-unquote real world, and there was this sort of letdown as you moved back into this, this old or this reality of uh, the way things are versus the way you wish they were when you were in church. Um, I, I can't say that I've moved past it 100%, but I have learned as the years have rolled on that no matter what encounter you have with the Lord, whether it moves you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, intellectually, whatever, you still do have to go back into the real world. The difference is not, the difference is that you shouldn't look at it as leaving the euphoria of the mountain and the revelation. You should look at the revelation as the equipment you take back down the mountain. And I think for too long, I would say things like, boy, I'd just like to stay in this atmosphere. You know, I'd just like to, I'd just like to stay right up here where, where God's doing this. But that's never what God does, whatever it is he does 
for. He doesn't do it so that we live on top of mountains. He knows that fertile crops grow in valleys. He also is very concerned with the people living in the valley. And as emissaries, we're walking back down the mountain. So I don't think it's I don't think the proper perspective is to say, boy, it will be great one of these days when we just get to live up there in his presence, but rather to take what we're learning when we're in his presence, when we have those revelatory moments, when a scripture speaks to us, when we hear the voice of God, when we find ourselves at perfect rest, instead of just trying to live in that, let that live in us so that we can take that back down the mountain. Here's what happens when you come back down, though. You're struck with the harsh realities of life. And this is why we want to stay on top of the covenant mountain, because the harsh realities of life look like Genesis 16.1. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. And what we see in this text is barrenness, um, misery. Abram walks down into a situation in which his wife in a culture in which bearing children was the, the sign of favor. If you bore children, it was the highest honor that a woman in that culture had. To not bear children was seen as, and I'm going to say this is going to sound terrible in our culture, but I'm just going gonna, gonna to say it based on how their culture would have seen it. To not be able to bear children would have been viewed as a useless woman. And Sarah feels useless because she isn't able to bear children. And then you get this interesting introduction. There's a new sentence at the end of verse 1. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. And since we know where this story goes because we have hindsight, we also have the new covenant, which we're going to get into. Because we know where this goes, this sentence stands out there like a neon sign, like, okay, here comes some information that's going to change the world. There's something about this moment. And here's what I, how I want to land this today. I hope I've been encouraging, and I hope I've given you hope going into a week, and I hope I've let you know that if you've come down from this spiritual mountain, that what you do is take it into your existence. I, also, I don't want to end negative, but I do want to bring up the obvious truth from this. When you come down back off the mountain, you are still forced to deal with the situations you created. The mountain does not take them away. God cuts covenant with Abram, Abraham, actually with himself, and Abraham gets to be the recipient in Genesis 15. But when he comes down the mountain, there's the Egyptian slave girl. Where do you think he picked up the Egyptian slave girl? Probably back in chapter 12 when he went down into Egypt. And he nearly lost his wife and possibly his life. And one of the things he probably walked out of Egypt with is Hagar. And Hagar stands as this reminder that the world is a harsh place, that you've made some bad decisions, that you have another chance to fix it. Abram won't. Chapter 16 isn't the highlight we wish it would be, but it is a testament to the grace and the mercy of God the encounter he had on the mountain in 15 in which he sees the, the, the furnace and the lamp pass between the pieces in which he sees the presence and power of God, that encounter stays with him. The rest of the world stays where it is too. You have a responsibility to carry your knowledge of covenant back down into the valley, but don't expect that you won't still deal 
with whatever was down in that valley before. You will. The difference is you walk down into it holding his hand. You have a fresh revelation of covenant. It's why I keep saying that over and over and over again so that you have one as well. All right, we continue in the Hagar story, the Sarai story, the Ishmael story. Lots of good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.